TGIF people. Welcome to the podcast that takes its silliness seriously. The Professionally Silly Podcast. What's up, y'all? It's your audible boo thing, Amber Smiles Jones, and welcome to the podcast where we like to shoot this shit and discuss a variety of awesome, as well as a variety of what the fuck moments, paranormal experiences, true crime stories, and some interesting topics that I come across online. And if you're new here, thank you so much for stopping by, you know, and, and taking a listen to my, uh, to, to my little podcast here. Oh, make sure you check out my past episodes because I do cover uh, topics as random as serial killers, bizarre sex fetishes, unusual ways people have died, strange news stories, ghost stories, and more. It's an audible variety show, y'all. You just, you never know what you're gonna get. We like that box of chocolates that Forrest Gump was talking about. (laughs) So come on and join in on the silly. So before we get started, I'd like to share a little, little random tidbits about what's been going on with me. And uh, guess what? This is, this is a nice little tidbit. Today is our 200th episode of this podcast. Yes. <laughs> and I don't, I don't have anything special planned. I probably should have, honestly, but I, I just, I had no idea what I should do. Hell, I haven't even kept up with the milestones uh, episodes that came before this one. Like we didn't really celebrate the 50th or the hundredth episodes. I I never, (laughs) it just never really occurred to me until someone asked me, how many episodes, you know, have you recorded when I was telling them about my podcast? And at the time I answered about 130 episodes, you know, so I I, I had missed all the, all the milestone episodes at that time, (laughs) but can fucking congratulations to me. Damn it. We made it. We're here. So I think, um, now that I've, this is the 200th episode, I have at least 10 listeners, at least. <laughs> that's the, that's the very least. And I want to go ahead and, and, uh, and, and thank those of you that were here from day motherfucking one. And I appreciate you guys for checking out my podcast while it was still new. And, and as I was trying to figure out what the fuck I was doing, you know, <laughs> Also, uh, shout out to my new listeners because they too have joined the, what the fuck am I doing journey? Because I don't know what the fuck, <laughs> what the fuck I'm doing. The adventure continues. So this is great. Um, also I have other news. It's, it's very personal. It's just so personal. I can't believe I'm telling you guys this. Um, I got my bedroom and bathroom painted. Woo. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really have a life, so that's as personal as it gets, but I did get my bathroom and bedroom painted, and I am super excited about it because there is nothing like a fresh coat of paint and new colors to make everything seem brand spanking new. You know, I woke up this morning and I was like, where the hell am I? Like, <laughs> it was weird, you know? Anyways, I um, in my bedroom, I wanted an accent wall. And I wanted, I wanted a color that was bright and that would kind of give me a creative energy, you know, something that's just something that's, that's creative and fun. You know, I wanted some new energy. So bye-bye boring white walls and hello, flirty, bright red. Yep. Yep. One of my walls that I uh, painted is now YouTube subscribe button red. (laughs) that's really the best way to describe this red it is the color of the subscribe button on youtube legit legit you know i sure the fuck did and so the other three walls in uh in my bedroom uh are kind of a light light ish gray so it's like uh uh iphone settings app gray so if you (laughs) if you have an iphone and you know that settings button that you're constantly pressing because you want to check your iPhone storage. Yeah, that button with the little gear on it, that gray. Damn right. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I, I know, those are really strange ways to describe the colors, but they're accurate <laughs> and extremely helpful for those who can't see what's going on here, you know? Anyway, so my bathroom, the color theme is black with gray and white trimming. So I was really excited about that. 
and uh you, you, see this right here is how you know i'm in my 30s fuck <laughs> this is what excites me now like when i was younger i was like excited about going to a club and there wasn't a cover pay you know like I, oh i don't gotta pay ten dollars to get in this bitch oh that's what's up <laughs> party you know things have changed things have really changed you know <laughs> this is this is the part of this is the point of my life that i'm at right now you know that this is where i'm at anyways i picked out these colors myself except for the black my, my mother really was she picked out that black and it's a perfect fucking black it is my television screen is off black <laughs> so that's the color black that we got up in there it's it's dope man it's dope i'm just i'm trying to put a little of myself into my into my personal space you know my bedroom and my bathroom i spend a lot of time in each of these rooms you know so this is great i sleep in my bathroom and take a shit in my bedroom wait no (laughs) that is ass backwards okay (laughs) this is this is what we do here anyways i might i might share some photos of the new colors and stuff on, on the professionally silly podcast group on facebook i might you know we'll see how i feel I, i'm probably gonna forget anyways i guess, <laughs> i guess i did celebrate my 20 my uh my 200th episode a little bit in my own little way I painted my bedroom and bathroom Con- congratulations to me also um in other amazing news vance global hooked your girl up with some delta eight edibles and when i tell you that that shit snuck up on me (laughs) woo. okay so i filmed a video of me unboxing these uh, delta 8 edibles and trying them and i i honestly don't even remember how long it took to kick in because i filmed the entire video um the video itself is like i don't know 14 minutes but all the raw footage and mistakes and all that i would say maybe about 35 40 minutes you know whatever and me trying to get the thumbnail and all that shit you know so i i would i would surmise that it took me about 25 30 minutes for it to actually kick in you know and um i i didn't really pay attention to how long it took to kick in because i honestly didn't think they would work i didn't think you know it would work it would work for me anyways only and now i'm saying this because edibles usually work too well for me like a bitch is too high to focus or or they just don't work at all either they just work too good and I don't know where the fuck I am and I'm somewhere in a corner in the fetal position crying wondering why this uh purple panda is trying to attack me you know (laughs) or nothing you know and that's edibles with high amounts of THC you know what I'm saying and this is this is delta 8 which is mostly CBD but they do have tiny amount of thc in them but when you do edibles versus smoking uh, it's going to be a very different feeling because the edibles are going to go directly into your bloodstream you see what i'm saying so it, it was a different kind of experience anyways these bad boys pulled a goldilocks situation on my ass and it was just right <laughs> i had eaten uh two of these edibles probably looking back probably should have just had one you know and i almost ate three glad i didn't <laughs> glad i did i was about um halfway through a bowl of bluebell strawberry ice cream after i had already eaten an entire bag of microwave popcorn and before the popcorn i had a bowl of rice with spaghetti sauce on top it it wasn't until i was almost done with my ice cream did i realize that i was faded as fuck i didn't even i literally had a oh moment (laughs) i was just about to put the ice cream in my mouth and i stopped and i thought to myself fuck i'm high (laughs) you know and of course i had this eureka moment when i'm hanging out with my mom so i just randomly start laughing and she's like what what's with you you know and while i was crying laughing i'm serious tears coming out of my eyes crying laughing ugly crying laughing mind you i explained to her that i got high on accident and she just started laughing at me And, and you know i explained you know all the eating and the things i did and 
you know, and then remembering, oh shit, I forgot, I ate a couple of edibles, <laughs> surprise, <laughs> you know, and uh, it was a hilarious, embarrassing, humbling experience, <laughs> but anyways, Advance Global, use coupon code SMILES to get 20% off your purchase on the www.vance-global.com website, check them out. I'll put the link down in the description. I mean, in the uh, show notes, you can go ahead and take a look at that. But those gummies, those Delta gummies, Delta 8 gummies, they hit. Let me tell you, literally, they hit me, literally. And I slept like a fucking baby that night. Sure did. Sure did. It was like, it was like I clicked the off button, you know, on like, on my overactive brain. And like all the anxiety I had, it was gone. It was gone. Like I, I, like normally when I go to sleep at night, my mind won't shut the fuck up. It's, it's crazy. Did I lock the door? You know, where's Samantha? That's my cat for new listeners. Where's Sammy? Is she here? Uh, what was my third grade teacher's name? What do I have to do tomorrow? What am I going to have for dinner next week? Like it was, you know, my brain just won't shut the fuck up. But that night I slept through the entire night and it was awesome and very much fucking needed okay so yeah so anyways uh that's that's something that i (laughs) that i experienced and went through so and let's get to the show last week we took a look uh at a few dating fails and look y'all dating and finding the one is hard enough some of us have to kiss a lot of frogs before we finally get our prince or slash princess whatever whatever you're into but the guy who bought his own water on his date because he thought tap water made people gay that that's the kind of podcast worthy shit that i love to share so thank you weird person (laughs) whoever the fuck you are thank you for giving me the content and i am here for it i'm what here for it And if, um, if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, prepare yourself for some audible fun. I don't know what you're waiting on. Go ahead and subscribe because we're going to have some fun. And welcome to my 200th episode. 200! 200 episodes. I started this podcast, what, I want to say January of 2018 is when I started this podcast. And we're still here kicking it, man. Still here kicking it. You know what I'll do? I think towards the end of the episode... I'll go ahead and read a few of the, uh, the reviews that we got, and that'll be our way of celebrating this episode, uh, and in this podcast and the two hundreds of them that we've spent together. And if you're new here, check out those past episodes because honey, let me tell you, let me tell you, no matter how old they are, the, inf- the information and the random topics are fun. You're going to enjoy yourself today, today, idea. We are going to talk about the Great Molasses Flood, which is also known as the Boston Molasses Disaster. Yep, you heard right. Molasses, that thick, sweet stuff, which, let's be honest, is the perfect way to describe me. Sweet and thick. (laughs) Over myself, moving on. So, (laughs) but a flood of molasses splooshing through town, killing people. I mean, that's not, that's not generally what, what we think of when we say molasses. This is going to be quite the story. This is going to be quite the, I hear molasses. I think syrup, pancakes, breakfast, bacon, waffles, you know, that's what I think of. But after doing the research for this podcast episode, I now think destruction, death, disaster (laughs) oh all those start with d's perfect i'm in my d world today but before we get into today's sweet disaster i want to remind you guys that if you have any of your own interesting experiences for the podcast email them to me email me at it's professionally silly at gmail.com you can go ahead and copy and paste the email down below you know compose a new email send me some shit let's have some fun i i do as i mentioned before have a variety of topics that i discuss here and there's a good chance that your your experience will inspire an entire episode so join the silly and let me know uh you know just send them in let me know what what topic what topic you want to discuss we doing we doing something scary is it something creepy something funny embarrassing 
what I, I let me know in the subject title and we'll have a good time we'll have a good time once again my email is down in the show notes it's professionally silly at gmail.com and all you got to do like i said is copy and paste that bad boy and send me your experiences and if you want to you know share your support for this podcast you know, leave me a five star and written review on apple Podcasts or whichever podcast platform that you're using because once again i say this all the time and i mean it when i say it this is literally only way that you can help my podcast grow and earn new pro silly listeners you know and i would love to be able to reach more listeners you know so sharing subscribing and actually leaving uh you know positive reviews do that for all your favorite podcasters because that's that's what we need especially a, a small ones all right so um i guess we'll go ahead and get into it after uh this message all right cool <laughs> I wanted to share something with you guys that's super exciting because recently a company by the name of Vance Global reached out to me and wanted me to try their product. And they are a Milwaukee-based CBD joints and hip manufacturer. Vance Global is providing us with a safer alternative to smoking tobacco products. And they have even created the most potent CBD cigarette out there. So if you're interested in CBD cigarettes and or maybe you're interested in just having an alternative to smoking tobacco products, this is for you. And now, now they have Delta 8 gummies and they are amazing. After I ate a couple of them, I had an amazing night's sleep. My mind shut off and I dozed. It was amazing. Goodbye anxiety and hello sweet dreams. So check out their Instagram at Vance Global and take a look at the merchandise. And if you see something you want and you want to purchase it, make sure you use the coupon code SMILES, S-M-I-L-E-S. Once again, coupon code SMILES to get 20% off your purchase. Once again, the coupon code is SMILES, S M. I-L-E-S to get 20% off your purchase. Vance Global. I love them. And I'll be sure to post their link tree below in the show notes of this episode. So let's dig into this sticky but deadly situation. And let's start off by telling you what molasses is. And, and, and what it can be used for, okay? This is actually more interesting than it sounds. Uh, molasses is, a, of course, a thick syrup that is widely used as a sweetener. And it's the byproduct uh, that's made when extracting the sugar from sugar kings and sugar beets, which I didn't even know sugar beets were a thing. I think beets, I think, I think Dwight Schrute from the office. That's, that's what, <laughs> that's what I think, you know, and I actually like beets. I put it in my salad. I, 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 I'm, I'm a beet person. That's fine. But sugar beets, no idea that that was a thing. Never thought about it. Anyways, when the sugar canes and sugar beets are crushed and their juices are extracted, they boil the juice down and that turns into the sugar crystals that we know and love Mm, sweetness (laughs) now what's left over is the remaining liquid which is molasses now depending on how many times a sugar juice is boiled you can you can get uh, different types of molasses light dark and black strap now that is uh the black strap is actually is darker and, 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 and thicker than the other ones because the, the more that the sugar juice stuff is boiled, the less sweet it is. And it almost gives a, a bitter type taste. And that would be the blackstrap molasses and all uh, that type, excuse me, that type of molasses, like I said, is extremely dark and very thick. And it's not the best one when it comes to tastes. <laughs> in my opinion, I like my molasses sweet, like I like my women. Anyways, <laughs> thank you allrecipes.com for that information. Now it turns out that molasses does have some nutritional value as well. And I didn't know that. 
I had no idea. Now, look, now y'all know, y'all know I gots to educate y'all every now and then. And I tell you what, I learned a lot about this, about molasses for this episode, at least more than I ever thought about, (laughs) you know? So, um, according to organicfacts.net, molasses can be a great source of energy, carbohydrates, and duh, sugars. So don't forget, you know, sugars, that's the most important one. Now it, (laughs) it can even offer several vitamins and minerals as well. Uh, the vitamin B stuff, the B6, etc., niacin, uh, riboflavin, calcium, potassium, iron, sodium, and more. And ladies, I have some information that can be extremely helpful if you have, Sorry, gentlemen, this is about a topic that many of you like to pretend does not happen. Um, <laughs> but I do have some information. Uh, if, if you if you have menstrual uh, you know, cycles and whatnot, uh, because this sweet, sticky substance can be good, a good source of iron. And it can be very effective for women who are at major risk of iron deficiency due to blood loss. So even if, you know, even, even said, uh, it's even said that molasses is a better alternative to receiving iron than red meat. And that, that's, that's what it said. That's what it said on, uh, organicsfacts.net. And I was like, what? That's dope. <laughs> but I loves my red meat. Yes, I do. I could use a steak right now. If I'm thinking about it super hard, I'm actually not thinking about it that hard. I just really want steak. Um, <laughs> God, Ooh, with like garlic butter and like, Oh my God, some steak sauce on that hoe. But if the steak is real good, you don't really need steak sauce. If you season that shit, right. You just eat that. Sh- okay. Sorry. Getting, getting back to the molasses. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, it can even help relieve cramps and help maintain your uterine health due to the calcium and magnesium. And I tell you what, bruh, I'm going to end this podcast uh, immediately and, and go get me some molasses. That, that sounds good. I'm assuming that the bitter one is probably the most healthy one simply because it doesn't taste as good. And it feels like anything that's healthy for you is going to taste like cardboard or oil or cardboard. <laughs> it's not going to be good. And I hate that that's a thing. Why can't healthy things be delicious like a honey bun? Why can't honey buns be like, you know, good for diets and good for weight loss? This is bullshit. Okay. So (laughs) there's some information there, ladies and gentlemen, but that, that obviously some of that information was for the ladies. Now this is going back to everyone's, everyone's health, male, female, or they, they male. I don't know. Um, (laughs) it can be, uh, very helpful to also provide and constipation relief. Now I've, I've had constipation before, not very often, but I've had it before in my life. And I just ate like a a bag of kale and I was good to go. But it's nice to know that molasses is is another option. Should that ever happen to me again? And uh, molasses can also help keep your bones healthy. It might relieve uh, acne and can help with fatigue. And because of the iron, it can help with treating anemia. So this is all great information. What happens is the red blood cells and for they, they just get information like Beyonce y'all. That's, that's how it helps with your, your anemia. Red blood cells are like information. Let's go. <laughs> Queen B has spoken. Yes. <laughs> and uh, of course you can cook it. You can use it to cook or bake with, or just pour it onto your pancakes and or waffles, what have you. It can, now, this is something that's uh, like, this is my favorite use for molasses. It can even help manufacture rum. One of my favorite liquor options, especially if it's spiced rum. Yeah, we, we learn in so, I mean, be honest, how many, how many of you actually knew, you know, all the different uses for molasses other than putting it on your waffles or pancakes? I didn't because I never really thought about it. I was just like, give me, you know, give me Mrs. Buttersworth. Let's do this. <laughs> you know, now here's something, um, that many people don't know. Molasses can also be used to make bombs. Yep. Yep. They weaponized that some bitch. They sure did. 
And uh, it, it's what we used in the war against Germany. Now, according to askingalot.com, they heat it up and a process is called distillation. Now that turns the molasses into a liquid called industrial alcohol, AKA ethanol. All right. Or some of you may pronounce it ethanol. I don't know. I think it's ethanol. I don't really know which one, but <laughs> that is the key ingredient for the explosives they use in the war against Germany. Now, now that we got all of that information, that interesting information out of the way there, let's get into this crazy story about the molasses flood that took place in Boston. Y'all, shit's about to get real. Not many people have molasses just lying around their houses anymore. Not these days. But before World War I, molasses was America's number one choice for sweetener because white sugar was expensive as hell. And so was that white girl. And when I say that, I'm talking about the, uh, the nickname for cocaine. Okay, which is one of the reasons why I don't do it. It's really expensive and it's illegal, blah, blah, blah. Moving on. Um, <laughs> just, okay, moving on there. I don't know why I said any of those things. Molasses was really popular in the Caribbean area uh, because sugar canes were pretty popular there too. Okay, they grew there. Now they decided to share the wealth with other countries, but it can now currently be produced anywhere so they sent it by boat to boston and it would uh make its way to the plants over there to be turned into industrial alcohol and sold to munitions manufacturers so goodbye sugar canes and hello dynamite smokeless powder and bombs many other explosives world war one was about to get crazy or it did get crazy um, as, as you may have learned in history. So the Purity Distilling Company located in Boston, Massachusetts wanted to make more money because that's what companies do. In 1915, they said, hey, uh, we can make more industrial alcohol. We can make more money. You see what I'm saying? We, we do one thing. We get, the, we get the, the sweet, cold, beautiful cash. Let's not bother with safety or questions because it's money, 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 money. God, my singing voice is just beautiful. Move over, Beyonce. I'm coming in. I'm taking your job. Anyways, they wanted to, they wanted to make more. So they realized the more industrial alcohol that they make, the more money they can make. So they decided to increase their molasses capacity in Boston. All right. So they decided that the north end of Boston, which is near the harbor, was a great place to set up and make what more money. OK, so this was a uh, was was a the, the long side of Boston's waterfront on Commercial Street. Uh, OK, in, in north end Boston. All right. So they made a big ass tank. And when I say a big ass tank, I mean a big ass tank. Baby got tank. Okay, that seemed a lot funnier in my head. Okay, <laughs> I swear I'm a comedian, but after that fail of a joke, I'm sure no one believes me now. All right, so this big ass tank was uh, 90 feet diameter. Okay, 90 feet diameter there and uh, was 50 feet tall. It's about the size of a four or five story building. Now, at full capacity, it could hold 2.3 million gallons of molasses, which weighed about 13,000 short tons. Thanks, Wikipedia. <laughs> and I'll be sure to continue donating. By the way, uh, Wikipedia, as I always say, is a nonprofit site here. So if you can, you know, donate a dollar or two to the Wikipedia page, the Wikipedia website, because... It, it, we all use it. We use it for our, our college papers. Uh, those of us who are still in school, we're using it now. Podcasters use it. YouTubers use it. And when you Google shit, it's one of the first things that pop up. And apparently uh, the donations, that is kind of what keeps the Wikipedia going. So do me a favor, donate a dollar to Wikipedia because you use it. Don't lie to yourself. <laughs> you use it. Okay. So anyways, thanks Wikipedia. Now, um, so we're talking about 2.3 million gallons of molasses. Now that's about three filled Olympic size swimming pools. 
like I said, big ass tank. Okay. Now the purity distilling company was ready to make uh, somewhat, uh, some of that sweet ass cash that I told you guys about before. You, you remember that money. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, before the construction on the tank was completed, they bought 700,000 uh, gallons of Cuban, of Cuban molasses to fill it with the 700,000 gallons of molasses arrived just as the tank was completed on New Year's Eve of 1915. And no one really, they didn't really check the structure to make sure that everything was built correctly. Everything is good. All the, the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. That didn't happen. Although my guess is that everybody was too busy getting drunk to give a shit about that tank because, you know, it was New Year's Eve. Fuck it. <laughs> you know? So they had to party like it was 1999, but, you know, in 1915. Yes, that was a Will 2K reference, and I am not going to apologize for it. That song was fire, and there's nothing that anyone can say that's going to, to deter what I just said. Okay? Willennium. That was my jam. I love that album. Long live Will Smith, damn it. <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question real quick. Side question. And, and I, I feel like I've said this before, but I don't remember. I know I've said it before in my actual life, okay? Would you consider Ryan Reynolds to be the white version of Will Smith if you deduct musical talent, of course? And by that, I mean both men are handsome, uh, very good actors, and they can play pretty much any role, whether it's comedy, drama, or horror, they, they got it in the bag. They do. They do. Also, uh, Will Smith is not very threatening to white people, so they like him. Uh, Ryan Reynolds isn't very threatening to black people, so we tend to like him. So I'm thinking, you know, think about it. It, it makes sense. It makes sense. Okay, moving on, moving on. It's just something I've always thought, and this was the perfect opportunity to say it aloud. All right, so <laughs> moving back to the big-ass tank. They did not check the structure of the tank for leaks before filling it with the 700,000 gallons of molasses, which in hindsight, uh, you know, might've been, might've been a huge mistake, you know, and of course that tank, it leaked and it leaked a lot. It leaked so much that Boston residents would stop by the tank and get themselves pails of free molasses as it slowly made its way down the side of the tank or actually depending on how viscous it was it might have taken a, it it may have just streamed right on out <laughs> you know but yeah that was a thing and, and 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 honestly can we really blame them i mean free molasses bruh anything free it's good okay so <laughs> the tank used to make these loud groaning sounds because the walls of the tank were struggling to hold all 700,000 gallons of this thick, heavy molasses. I mean, it was, it was wild. They were, they were given a few hints that there was a problem, you know, okay. It's leaking. All right. Uh, the tank is making sounds that don't sound natural. Okay. <laughs> also, can you really, can you just imagine walking the streets of North End at night and you just hear this groaning sound? What if you're new to the area? You're like, what the fuck is that? Is this whole city possessed? What the fuck? Like my, immediately there's a demon nearby. That's where my mind would have gone, but that's just me. <laughs> that's just me. Anyways, the North, uh, the North End area got really used to, to the sound that the tank was making and they ignored it. The, the residents ignored it. The people who built the tank ignored it. The purity, uh, distilling company didn't give a shit. It was like, whatever. And, and guess how they decided to deal with the leaking tank that is making groaning sounds. They just slapped some brown paint on the tank. So you couldn't tell that it was leaking. So yeah, they took the elementary school student approach. How would they know? Uh, nobody's going to know. How would they know? <laughs> that is 
That's actually like one of my favorite TikTok audios. Leave me alone. Anyway, so there, <laughs> how would they know? <laughs> so their idea of fixing the problem was equivalent to a child cleaning their room and shoving everything under the bed. They just co- they just covered it in brown paint so you couldn't see the leaks. That's like having a leak uh, like on your like on your ceiling of of your bedroom or something and painting over the water stains and not repairing the leak or patching anything. It's just, it's not going to help anything. It's lazy and ridiculous, you know? So I'm sure you guys are wondering, well, um, well, clearly, uh, nothing happened. Everything is just fine. This, (laughs) this four, five story tank is filled with molasses and it's leaking and it's making groaning noises. So clearly the podcast episode is over and you're right. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been so much fun. I'm kidding. There's more. <laughs> there is, there's a little bit more. There's a little bit more. Okay. So on January 15th, 1919 shit got real. But before we discuss said shit, let's get us in the mindset of that time. Now, according to popculturemadness.com, the most common names in the year 1919 was Helen, Mary, uh, Ruth, Dorothy, Margaret, John, James, Charles, William, and Robert. These are some popular ass names in 1919. You know, Mary's my mother's name. I wonder what year she was born. Well, it was in 1919. Don't tell her I, th- I thought that for one second. She will kill me. <laughs> and at this time, you were lucky to see your 60s because the life expectancy of men and women in 1919 was like mid to late 50s. So, you know, as, as, as you know, uh, as, as time has gone by, our life expectancies have uh, expanded a bit. We tend to make it to our 80s and 90s and some people 102 and shit, you know? <laughs> it's interesting. Modern modern medicine, good thing, good thing. So is kale. Get you some kale. That'll, that'll help out. So in 1919, pepperoni became a thing. Prohibition was ratified. Oregon became the first U.S. state to tax gasoline. One cent per gallon, by the way. Thanks a lot, Oregon, you dicks. You started the whole thing. (laughs) Now, the Red Sox beat the Cubs in the World Series. Baseball, bitches. Okay. (laughs) The, uh, now this one, not not, not so great. The Spanish flu pandemic was also uh, around at this time. And it was the most, it was most deadly for people between the ages of 20 and 40. And a lot of them died within hours of contracting the virus. So that's the scariest fuck. And I'm sure a lot of us can understand what it's like to go through a pandemic. Uh, we're, we're all experiencing it right now together, which by the way, PSA, please wear your masks. And if you can go ahead and uh, get the jab, get that COVID shot and protect yourself, your friends, your family, and the random weird dude across the street. He doesn't deserve to die. Okay. Also in 1919, crystal meth was developed by a Japanese chemist by the name of Akira Agata or Agata. Uh, thanks a lot, jackass. Thanks for inventing meth, dick. Man, if I could just go back in time to 1919, I would probably, I would take that asshole out. Jeez, what, I want to know, like, uh, what was he thinking? Uh, what, what, what can I make that'll get me so fucked up? Destroy my face, my teeth, and my future. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and get in the lab and create some crystal meth. God damn it. Fuck that dude. All right. So let's get back to discussing the shit that got real that I mentioned earlier. So on the morning of January 12th, 1919, a ship with 1.3 million gallons of molasses docked in Boston. Now they started pumping 600 gallons of molasses into the tank that was already making groaning sounds uh, as the tank took, took on more weight. Okay. I wonder if I can do a Boston accent. Probably not. Let's try. 
Boston. Uh, put put the bag in the car. Yeah, I, I did the best I could. All right, sorry, sorry if I got any Bostonians listening to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> please don't send me angry tweets okay but uh so anyways the tank is already making grunting sounds from before and they decided to put in another six hundred thousand gallons into the tank that's already just looking not good but no worries uh a boiler was sent to spend 10 days repairing the leaks around the tank so no worries right everything's fine don't worry about it it's cool listen I put some Gorilla Glue on it. We're good. <laughs> Stay away from Gorilla Glue if you're going to put it on your body. We've all figured out that that's not the best idea. Just saying. So, yeah, no worries. So, I, let me, okay. Were people just dumber back then or just lazy? Because clearly things, things aren't going to get better <laughs> from what I've told you so far. <laughs> I mean... Was physics not invented yet? Okay, let's just move on. But, but we can we can honestly say all together here that technology and science and medicine, a lot of that has evolved, thank God. And I look back in 1919, I'm like, damn, do they even have tampons? How did people live? I don't understand. Honey buns weren't a thing yet. Like, this is bullshit. I'm so glad that I was not born in 1919. You know, also being a woman and black, it just probably would not have been a good time for me. All right, so let's get back to the story. So it took these people all day to finish filling the tank, okay? Because like I said before, they had 1.3 million gallons of molasses. So that's that's a lot, <laughs> okay? So um took them all day to finish filling the tank, and they filled the tank that already had cold molasses inside of it okay and they filled it and they covered it with hot molasses on the top of that and that's totally okay right because once again physics wasn't a thing yet so you know blah 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 so when the hot and cold molasses coalesced when they combined those a fermentation process began and produced gas in the tank that was already full there was over 14,000 tons of molasses in that tank along with the gas that was produced from the fermentation process that took that uh, took place once they put hot and cold molasses together. So this tank is going to have a problem very soon. All right. Now, mind, mind you, this was in Boston, January 15th, 1919. We're talking about winter time. It is cold as fuck at this time in Boston. It was a refreshing tropical 40 degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Mm, lovely, lovely time. <laughs> now that will factor in uh, a little later. Okay. So the sounds that the tank made became louder. And then, uh, then they heard a different sound that the city just, that the North end had never experienced before. This sound was terrifying because it almost sounded like machine gun fire because the rivets on the side of the tank started popping out and those things flew like bullets all over the north end then at 12 30 p.m on january 15 1919 the tank bursts open and a wave of molasses emptied onto the street now i know there are you know, probably a few of you that are thinking it's just syrup, go out there with some waffles and pancakes and make a day of it. Uh, no, <laughs> impossible because this was a huge wave and also nobody saw it coming. <laughs> this was it, which is really weird. This was a huge wave. I'm talking 25 feet high and 160 feet wide. This is might as well have been a tidal wave. Now, don't forget, we're talking about millions of gallons of molasses that just exploded its way out of a steel tank. And, make matters worse, it had some speed, 35 miles per hour. And if you don't think 35 miles per hour is fast, imagine getting hit by a car 
that's going 35 miles per hour. You're going to feel that. It's going to hurt. It's not going to feel like you're being hit by a marshmallow. It is not. It is going to hurt. No matter what shape or density the object that's coming at you at 35 miles an hour is made from, you, you're, it's going to hurt. Now, just like any tidal wave, it ruins everything that, that it came into contact with. The 31 firehouse almost fell into the harbor. The wave of molasses was strong enough to move buildings from their foundations. That's, that's a lot of strength and a lot of power, guys, and it's a huge fucking problem, if you ask me. Now, another building was swept into the middle of a park, which was 100 feet away from where it was built, and then it collapsed. A piece of the tank actually cut through a column of an elevated train track, and then that fell onto the streets below. Now, luckily, uh, there was a train that had actually gone over those tracks just a few seconds before all this happened. So I gotta tell you, those are probably the, those are the luckiest people to ever walk this earth, man, because they, woo, that could have been bad. That could have been bad. So witnesses, they reported that they could feel the ground shake and heard a loud roar as the tank collapsed. There was so much molasses that it made its way to the basements of buildings. And if anyone were inside of those basements, they pretty much suffocated. They did. It was a lot of molasses, thick, hard to wade through. And anyone or animal that was around when that tank burst became stuck in the thickness of the molasses. Now it got into people's noses and plugged them up as, you know, plugged them up tight, almost airtight. And if you wiped your face, it only made things worse. Now it was also very difficult for emergency services to help anyone because the molasses started to cool down the air, cool down once the air in the street hit it. Okay. Remember, remember we're talking about 40 degrees Fahrenheit. That's cold as fuck. Okay. <laughs> and it, uh, because of that, once the warm molasses hit that Boston winter air, you know, it started to cool off and it became very thick and very extremely difficult to move through. So once the molasses settled, we're talking about two to three feet of molasses were just in the streets. Okay. Now think about going into a pool that's about three feet deep for a lot of us that's coming up to our waist. That's a lot of molasses. Okay. That's it's, that's deep. That's deep in the suite. Okay. Now there were about 151 people who were injured and 21 people, uh, along with several horses and animals that were killed. Now I, I can't even, I can't imagine. And there were some people who were who suffocated, who drowned in it. There were some people who were crushed by the weight of the molasses. Uh, their bones just shattered or the debris that were thrown, uh, be, uh, thrown away because of the wave of molasses and all the power and strength behind that. Some, some debris was thrown at people and pinned them down, crushed them, killed them. So this, uh, this was a huge deal. Okay. So first to the scene, uh, to assist were 116 cadets under the, under the direction of Lieutenant Commander H.J. Copeland. Okay, now their ship, uh, the USS Nantucket, a training ship of the, of the Massachusetts Nautical School, which is, known, which is now known as the Massachusetts Mar uh, Maritime Academy. That's what they call it now. Their ship was docked nearby, so... Those cadets ran several blocks to where the accident occurred and they ended up entering into knee deep molasses in order to pull out the survivors. And pretty soon the Boston police, the army, the red cross, and a bunch of Navy personnel as well. They soon arrived to help out the survivors to do what they could. Now, now here's a interesting story here. There was, um, there were nurses from the red cross who literally dived into the molasses to save as many people as they could. Those nurses, boy, they kicked ass. There are a lot of people who won't even jump into water to help you, but diving into molasses, a whole new problem that you never even considered. 
happened and you just like, whatever, dude, gotta do what I gotta do. That's dope. Like props to them. Shit. (laughs) Shit. Diving into molasses. That's a lot. Anyways, uh, those nurses also helped tend to the injured and help uh, try to keep people who, uh, who were like freezing because keeping them warm. Because once again, 40 degrees in, in Boston in the winter, cold. All right. So uh, they even, those nurses even took the time to help feed the exhausted workers who were uh, tr- also trying to rescue as many as they could. So it was a whole effort that everybody was working together, trying to help everyone else. Now, all of these people worked through the night and did everything they could to help as many people as they could. But there were so many injuries that the doctors and surgeons had to create a hospital at a building that was nearby. Now, that's how you know, you're a, you're a disaster. That's the danger zone right there, okay? And uh, unfortunately, for a lot of people, after about four days of searching, they stopped searching for people. There was just nothing more that they could do. At that point, you were probably already dead. And uh, that's terrifying to think of. Now, many people, many of the dead uh, were covered in so much molasses that they were very difficult to even recognize. They couldn't tell if you were male or female. There was so much molasses. They couldn't tell what your race was. It was just so, it was just thick and dark and there was just no way to know what you were or who you were. So you can imagine how difficult it was to, to, to find family members and or friends, you know, after this, after this horrible disaster. Now, some victims were even swept into the Boston Harbor and they weren't even found until three or four months after this molasses flood. Like, can you, this is crazy. Damn, Boston, you got a lot going on over there, man. Your history is cray-cray. Several blocks of the North End was completely covered in molasses, thick, sticky molasses. And what made matters worse is if you went to the North End um, even if it were to help clean up all that sticky gooey mess, you, you were likely to track it everywhere you went. So the entire city of Boston was pretty much covered in molasses, cars, buses, park benches, trains, subways, streets, sidewalks, hallways, the inside of people's homes, everything was covered in syrup. Do you say syrup or syrup? I think I say both. I definitely say salmon and not, and not salmon because I'm not, I'm not an asshole, but and I, was, I say pecans, not pecans, or maybe I say both. I don't know. Uh, moving on. Let's get back to this tragedy. Um, <laughs> so the entire city of Boston was pretty much covered in molasses, everything. Okay. Now I, I could not find anything that mentioned this and, and I barely looked, but I would imagine you know, that the whole city had a huge insect problem. I mean, ants, bees, all, all those kind of things. They love sweet stuff. You know, I, I just envision an entire city covered in syrup, uh, which is also covered in ants. I mean, there's just no way that that wasn't also a problem. But I don't remember <laughs> coming across anything that said that. But that's my, that's my guess there. Okay, okay. So let's get into the cleanup process because I... I know a lot of people, uh, when hearing about this, like all two of you, uh, <laughs> when you hear this particular story, did not even think about what it took to clean up all of that sticky shit. I mean, I mean, to get it, to clean it up and get it off the city, that's a lot. So what they did was they covered the streets with sand to help absorb all the stickiness, you know, and uh, they, they tried to wash the molasses out of the streets and the buildings and cars and everything else using, um, using, uh, salt water from the sea. And that was coming from fireboats. So the water in the Boston Harbor, it turned brown for months, just brown. The water was just brown as shit. It's crazy. Now it took several weeks and hundreds of people to clean up the Boston Harbor. And that's just the Harbor. 
I mean, it, it took way longer to clean up the rest of Boston where people were tracking molasses all around the place. You know, it, it the suburbs and the city, it just, it was everywhere. The subway platforms, every place else that I mentioned earlier, it was just all over the fucking place. Now, it was also reported that everything that the, that a Bostonian touched was sticky. And that's, that's a lot. <laughs> everything that a Bostonian touched was sticky and it took about eight, 80,000 uh, work hours to clean the city. 80,000 work hours to clean the city. I'm imagining that that's from like sunrise to sundown is, is my guess, you know, but there could have been uh, several things that, that could have contributed to this, to this flood. And a lot of people think that the tank was leaking from the very first day that it was built. The very, I mean, the first, first day that it was filled in the year of 1915. So clearly the tank was poorly constructed and wasn't really tested before they actually used it. I mean, that that's clear as day because a flood happened. If, if, if all that was taken care of, there would not have been a flood, you know? And a lot of people believe that the carbon dioxide production could have raised the internal pressure because of the fermentation that was happening inside of the tank. You know, the, the, like I said, the, the hot molasses going in with the cold molasses that was already, uh, in, inside of a poorly constructed tank, you know, that's also in the city of Boston in the winter time and it's cold as shit. So that probably had a lot to do with it too. You know what I mean? So, and clearly all the warning signs that the tank was giving was completely ignored. The groaning sounds that the tank made and the leaking itself. They're like, ah, oh, that's not a big problem. Just paint it brown. It's fine. Whatever. Go on about your day. You know? So in 2014, they investigated what could have happened. Um, and it was learned that the steel that was used to build the tank was half as thick as it should have been for a tank that size. And I, I'm, I'm assuming in 1919, their standards really weren't that great. <laughs> I mean, safe to assume that. I think this is also before cigarettes had filters in them. So a lot of things was going on here. Uh, in 2016, the, um, they found that the extreme cold winter temperature of, of the day had a lot to do with the devastation that took place as well. You know, it happened now, had this happened in the summertime and the warm weather uh, that, that probably would have caused the molasses to be a little less viscous is my assumption there. It would have been, a, it probably would have gone a lot further and have been easier to get out of because it would not have been as thick, you know, but the winter temperatures made that syrup so much thicker. Now, 119 plaintiffs filed a civil lawsuit against the U S industrial alcohol companies and, uh, the company and the tanks owner, which honestly doesn't surprise me in the slightest. I probably would have done the same thing, but this was a huge case. This was one of the first, this is one of the first first class action suits in Massachusetts. And it also changed how businesses and the government work together. So architects, they now need to, to, to show their work, to show they know what they're doing and engineers need to sign and seal their plans, you know, things like that. Building inspectors need to come and take a look at what the fuck is being done on these projects. Okay, because you know, before the molasses flood in Boston, these things were not very common practice, which is terrifying when you think about it. But, you know, at one point, you know, did you, Coca-Cola was actually created to be a medicine before it was a soda. So things, things were a little bit different back then. Things are a little bit different back then. And I, I have to say, okay, that I'm kind of glad that they now have stricter construction codes that are, that are, that were adopted by states across the country because of this, because it was definitely needed. And this disaster fucking proves it. Now the trial, man, that trial lasted for years and, uh, the, they, they produced thousands of expert witnesses as well as 20,000 pages of conflicting testimony. 
the United States Industrial Alcohol Company ultimately ended out ended up paying out six hundred and twenty eight thousand dollars in damages, and that's almost ten million dollars today. Thanks, <laughs> inflationcalculator.com. You've been helpful. <laughs> so it's also said that even now, on a hot summer day, you can still smell the molasses in the air. If if there is anything that you can you can take from this podcast episode, it's there can always be too much of something. Everything in moderation, even molasses. Professionally silly life rules, guys. Oh man, professionally silly life rules. Okay, this episode was something else. I, I definitely want to shout out the uh, the websites that I used to research this story. Wikipedia, obviously. Make sure you go ahead and donate to them. History.com, NPR.org, Britannica.com, and the YouTube channel Reactions as well. Got to learn a lot about molasses and physics and chemistry and what the fuck occurred. So do me a favor and uh, let me know how you like this episode via podcast Twitter at It's Pro Silly, I-T-S-P-R-O-S-I-L-L-Y, or on the Professionally Silly Pod group on Facebook. Follow the uh, podcast Instagram while you're at it as well. It's the same name as the Twitter at It's Pro Silly. We have um, almost 100 members in the Facebook group, so that's dope. Like I said uh, last time, I am famous as Fizzuck at this point. <laughs> that means at least a hundred of you are listening. I would say a, a, a little under a hundred of you are listening uh, daily or weekly. So that that's dope. That's dope. Or that's at the very least because those are the only ones who joined the, the podcast group. So, anyways, do me a favor and uh, let me know how you liked this episode. As I said on those uh, on those social media platforms, and if you want to join in on the silly. And uh, you have any stories or experiences that you want to share, email them to me at itsprofessionallysilly at gmail.com. It can literally be about anything you want as long as it's interesting. And there is a very good chance that your story could inspire an entire episode topic. So send them in. Itsprofessionallysilly at gmail.com. Just copy and paste it because my email is going to be down in the show notes. Yeah, and oh, you can also leave me a message on the Anchor app or on my Google Voice number, 805-664-1828. Once again, 805-664-1828. Leave me a voicemail or a text message and I'll put you on the show. Unless you're not into that, just let me know. Because either way, I would love to hear from you. It's like my favorite fucking thing. Call me. Leave me a message. I want to thank you guys again so much for listening and coming back every week because it means the fucking world to me. It's, it's fucking titties. You guys, I love it. I love it. You know, especially as a solo podcaster, you know, as I always say, I don't have anyone to banter with or to bounce ideas off of, or definitely not help me do the research. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm literally doing a book report every week is what I'm doing. you know, it's a lot. So for those of you that are here to chill with me and every week, I I appreciate the shit out of you. So thank you so much. And and if this is your first time listening, I hope that you decide to come back and join me every Friday as we get professionally silly. That'd be dope. Please support this podcast by um, leaving reviews on whichever podcast directory that you're using, especially Apple podcasts. If you got that, it's the most important one. But yeah, I need your help in order for this show to grow. I need your help there. So leaving a five-star and written review on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform that you're using, it is extremely helpful. Also, please share this podcast with your friends and your family and your neighbor and that weird guy on the bus. He he, he wants to, to experience some silly. You know, don't, don't hog all the silly to yourself. It's rude. <laughs> Let everybody know that this podcast is available on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and I think, I think it's on iHeartRadio. Um, I'm almost positive that it is, so I'm everywhere, baby. You can't, you cannot escape me. I'm here. Hello, listener. 
hello. <laughs> if you enjoy the Professionally Silly podcast and you want to help out, you can now do that by supporting my silly content by making monthly donations. This actually helps the podcast continue to flow and helps helps me keep the silly moving forward. You know, hopefully not as slow as molasses. Too soon? I mean, it was 1919. Okay. Uh, you can donate as low as 99 cents a month, $4.99, or $9.99 a month right here on the Anchor app. And if you have commitment issues or you don't have the Anchor app, there's always PayPal, my friends. www.paypal.me slash Amber Smiles Jones. Help me keep the silly flow in. There is nothing more awesome than than getting, uh, you know, an income for all this hard-ass work that I'm doing on my platforms. That'd be fire. For those of you that are interested in uh, writing me or sending sending me stuff, whatever, gifts, letters, snacks, what have you, my P.O. Box is Amber Smiles Jones, P.O. Box 533, Lovejoy, Georgia, 30250. Once again, you can send me anything that you would like, and I'll open them right here on the air, and most likely, definitely post a uh, video of the unboxing on my Professionally Silly YouTube channel. My P.O. Box is going to be down in the show notes as well. Once again, guys, it's your Audible Boo Thing, Amber Smiles Jones, and thank you so much for listening to the Professionally Silly Station here on Anchor FM, where I take my silliness seriously. Enjoy the silly while you can, friends. Enjoy it. And come and take your silliness seriously with me every Friday. Every Friday. Until next time, my loves. As I've said for about 180 episodes, watch where you step. Because there are pieces of shit everywhere. I haven't said that in so long. And I still mean it, even to this day. (laughs) I'll see you guys on the 200th and one episode of this of this podcast take care guys thank you so much for listening